Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. Producing from his home studio in Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. I'm Buster, only working from my home studio in New York. And today will be better than yesterday. And uh, Taylor, I was thinking overnight, uh, as I watch one team in particular uh, in Major League Baseball in a pennant race, of Smarty Jones, 2004 Kentucky Derby. You remember that? Uh, vaguely. I'm not a big horse racing guy, but I think I can know the analogy you're going for. Okay, let's go. And undefeated Smarty Jones comes wide off the turn, and these two hook up at the top of the stretch. Lionheart is all heart. Smarty Jones is all out, and those two deadlocked at the eighth pole, and Smarty Jones is roused to the lead by journeyman jockey Stuart Elliott, and they have taken the lead away from Lionheart. Farther back, it's Limehouse and Imperialism, and here is the first undefeated winner of the Kentucky Derby since Seattle Slough in 1977. Smarty Jones has done it. Marty Jones, who came from dead last in the 2004 Kentucky Derby to make the playoffs and everyone was wondering at the end of that race, you could almost hear it in the announcer's voice, like, where did that guy come from? Where did that horse come from? <laughs> yeah, Taylor, that's kind of how I'm feeling about the St. Louis Cardinals. Buster, it is almost time. It's not official yet, but you said before the season, if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs, not that they don't win the Central, if they don't make the playoffs, an investigation should be called. You might have to tell the investigators to go pack in at this point. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. This was the Cardinals last night against the Brewers. Diego's from the belt. Here's the pitch. A swing and a miss. A Redbird winner. A Redbird winner. Two wins in a row in Milwaukee. Ten wins in a row overall as the Cardinals have outlasted the Brewers. A final score tonight in Milwaukee of two to one. That, the great John Rooney from the Cardinals radio network for St. Louis. A ten-game winning streak. At times, we focused on the Padres during this race and then on the Reds, on National League East teams. Well, it's just about over at this point in the race for the second wild card. At the end of play yesterday, the Cardinals were five games ahead in the loss column of the Padres, Reds, and Phillies. Well, you've talked about how a reckoning is on the horizon for several teams that have been big disappointments. That has started in San Diego. The Padres fired farm director Sam Gini yesterday. More changes are to come. Before the Padres game yesterday, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. spoke with reporters about what happened in the dugout on Saturday. Incident happened Saturday, so we're here to address it. You know, it's something that, you know, it was unfortunate that happened in the clubhouse in, inside the dugout in a cultural situation for us as, as a team. Um, you know, we also got to apologize to the fans for being able to, you know, see that. But, um, you know, we handled it internally as a, as a team. Um, you know, we're the leaders of, of this, this organization, of this team. So, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to, you know, with the pressure of, of trying to win, um, you know, the emotions that go through everything. You know, we got, we got Fernando over here is, is about to win the MVP. You know, we got, we, got, we got a team that's trying to compete and get to the World Series. Um, you know, we haven't been playing so great baseball, so emotions get involved and gets the better of us at all times. And, you know, those are situations that we learn as, as, as leaders, as, as a team as an organization, and, and we just get better from that. So We'll hear more of Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, later in the podcast. The Padres faced the Giants last night, a wild game, back and forth. The score was tied, five all, top of the ninth inning, and this happened. He's ready. 
The 1-2 again. Wade swings, hits it in the air. Over the leaping shortstop. Tatis in the left. Around third is Bell. Throw to the plate. And safe at the plate as the ball got away from Nola. Close play and Belt sliding in. Knocked the ball out of the glove of Nola. The Giants take a 6-5 lead. Yeah, and they would hold on to win the game. The Dodgers would beat the Rockies 5-4. So those two teams both holding serve yesterday. Before the Dodgers game, they placed outfielder Cody Bellinger on the injured list with a left rib fracture. That was something that happened in the game last week. The Phillies played the Orioles, and JT Real Muto helped them take care of business. The pitch swung on, punched down the right field line. It's got a chance. Santander on the run. He leaps out. He can't get it. It's a base hit. One run is home. Harper's coming around third. They're waving him to the plate. The throw is late. They've won it. Harper slides safely as JT hits one just out of the reach of Santander. And the Phillies come rushing out of the dugout. It's a 3-2 walk-off win. Scott Fransky, Sports Radio 94 WIP with that great call. So the Phillies hold on, or the Phillies win the game in a walk-off over Baltimore. The Braves also won uh, against the Diamondbacks, so the difference between those two teams, still three games in the National League East. In the American League wildcard race, the Blue Jays face the Rays. There's a swing and a high fly ball out to deep left field. Margot turns around. That ball is gone. Lourdes Goriel Jr. has done it again. He's over it in back-to-back games at the drop, and the Blue Jays have a 2-1 lead. And from Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Blue Jays are going to win 4-2. Alec Manoa was great. Six innings, two runs. There was a weird controversy that developed between these two teams, and we'll be talking about that with David Schoenfield coming up. The Yankees face the Rangers, and Aaron Judge applied the coup de grace in the bottom of the seventh inning. High drive, right center field. There it goes. See ya. A three-run home run for Judge. A bomb through the raindrops. And it's 7-1 Yankees. Michael Kay on the S Network with that call. The Red Sox played host to the Mets at Fenway Park, and Xander Bogarts broke a tie in the bottom of the fifth. Swing. There's a drive high and deep left center field. Back by the wall and gone. Two-run homer for two Red Sox. Xander with a blast. The high line drive is 23rd of the area. 77 RBIs for two Boston. Joe Castiglione, WEI, 93.7 FM. So the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays all win yesterday. We had great news from the Oakland Athletics. Manager Bob Melvin said Tuesday that Chris Bassett will come off the injured list and start Thursday's series finale at home against the Mariners. Bassett, of course, was hit uh, in the head by a line drive earlier this season. What do you got, Taylor? Everyone, please go watch Once Upon a Time in Queens now on ESPN Plus and the ESPN app. We've been hitting that for, for two weeks now, and we'll continue on through the week. Also, listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio Monday through Thursday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Also on ESPN News. And listen to In the Crease, the ESPN NHL podcast with Hall of Fame sportscaster Linda Cohn and national NHL reporter Emily Kaplan. That's coming out every Monday and Thursday, listen to that wherever you listen to your podcasts. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, 
Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Welcome to the show! Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, mate. Welcome to the show. Whoa! Welcome to the show, baby. You're in the show with David Schoenfield. David Schoenfield, who covers baseball for ESPN. And, and Dave, I'm, I'm going to confess, okay? I'm going to confess that in the month of August, there were times when we talked about the playoff race, the St. Louis Cardinals never occurred to me. Like, I completely dismissed them at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, they went out and make, made those acquisitions for John Lester. Uh, it, you know, just uh, it, it didn't seem like they made a bold move. They had been really uninspiring during the course of the year. And here we are. They're pretty much locked in at this point. Yeah, what an amazing run, 10 in a row. But we can't kick ourselves. Early August, their playoff odds, according to Fangraphs, 1.8%. But even on September 8th, before they won uh, 12 out of 13 here, uh, it was barely over 2%, 2, 2.5. Now it's 90%. Buster, I did a hit on St. Louis Radio a couple weeks ago. And they weren't talking about the playoffs. They were talking about which free agent shortstop will be the best fit in 2022. And now they here they here they are and barring a, an amazing collapse their last 10 games, they're in. What a run. Yeah, I got to say, a lot of times this uh, when we get to this time of year, you hear players say, no one believed in us. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> you know, some of that gets kind of tired. If Paul Goldschmidt says that when the Cardinals make the playoffs, I'll be golf clapping. Yep, you're right. I don't think anybody did believe that they could come back. Uh, and, it, and we do have the prospect. I was thinking about this this morning. If the Giants win the National League West and the Dodgers are the first wild card team, what a cool game, wild card game we'll have. Adam Wainwright, you would assume, would be lined up to pitch that game for the Cardinals, especially with them having a pretty good buffer at this point in the race for the second wild card, gives them some flexibility to yeah. line it up. Adam Wainwright would presumably pitch for the Cardinals against Max Scherzer, I would assume, pitching against the team he rooted for as a kid. That would be fun. Yeah, and that's why we can't dismiss the chances of the Cardinals making a run in the playoffs because Wainwright, yeah, on paper, sure, you're going to give the edge to Max Scherzer, but this guy, 40 years old now, just turned 40 in August, having one of the best years of his career, he can win that game, especially when you look at the way that bullpen has, has been pitching. I was watching last night's game. You know, they bring in Alex Reyes in the sixth. He's throwing 97. Uh, they bring in Genesis Cabrera in the seventh. He hit 99. They bring in Luis Garcia in the eighth. He's throwing 98. And then Giovanni Gallegos doesn't throw quite that hard, but he's been one of the best relievers for a few years now. So, those bottom, those last four in that bullpen are really good. So the Cardinals, 
can not only win a wild card game, but that could be a formula where they could surprise in the postseason. And you know, Adam Wainwright would be a guy who could use hitters adrenaline against them in the postseason, right? Yep. I know your heart is racing 140. So I'm just <laughs> going to flip this little 68 mile an hour curveball over the outside corner and watch you swing at it three times. That, uh, that would be a fun game. That's what I'm rooting for in this moment. Uh, the San Diego Padres have officially taken the turn down bitter Boulevard. They fired their uh, farm director yesterday. More changes expected. Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., speaking with reporters and talking about how the confrontation in the dugout will make them stronger going forward. Give me some thoughts on the Padres. Yeah, no surprise. And, you know, another tough loss last night. I had that game on one of my my channels and they were up four to one early and Machado had hit a couple home runs, I think. And the crowd was really into it. They were really loud. And then the Giants come back <laughs> and win it in the ninth. Yeah, you know, Look, when the expectations were as high as they were, and they were in first place at the end of May, right? So things were going really well. Then the injuries, the offense stumbled. Um, Like you said, I don't think getting rid of the farm director is going to be the first change we're going to see with that organization because it's a bitterly disappointing season. Yeah, Jeff Pass and I talked about this a little bit on Monday. Uh, about how if you're in Padres ownership, uh, you know, you're asking questions about A.J. Prello and the managers. Yep. He's hired, um, you know, Andy Green, when he left as manager, uh, he heard all the things about the players really not liking him, being unhappy with him as with a first time manager. You're hearing the exact same things now with Jace Tingler, who yeah. still has that job. But A.J.'s essentially, uh, you know, wound up hiring managers who've taken him to the same place, which is why. I said to Jeff, you know, I, I would assume they're going to go for an experienced guy next time around. What do you think? Yeah, it makes sense. And, I, you know, Tingler had no experience, little even coaching experience at the major league level when Preller hired him. Obviously, they're friends. So, yeah, there's going to be pressure on Preller to admit perhaps that Tingler was not the right guy for the job. And is he willing to, you know, throw his buddy under the bus um, to maybe keep his own job? So that'll be interesting to see how all that unfolds. Yeah, and his contract with the Padres goes through 2026. So um, I, I, it's hard to imagine that he would leave his spot. But I suspect that like with the Yankees, if they don't make the playoffs, there are going to be voices within the organization demanding some kind of change or something to present to uh, you know the mob of unhappy fans. Uh, I wanted to ask you about what you, your take on this whole controversy between the Rays and the Jays. Kevin Kiermaier... <laughs> Uh, slid across home plate the other day, was tagged out. Uh, and at the very end of that play, Alejandro Kirk catching for the Blue Jays a, a card. Those cards that you see catchers and, and uh, fielders look at was pried loose uh, from Kirk's wristband. It fell on the ground. Kiermeyer was sort of signaling toward the dugout about whether or not to challenge the play or not challenge the play. And he glanced down and saw this card which contains all this information in theory uh, about, uh, you know, the Blue Jays approach to pitching to the Rays, saw the card on the ground, picked it up, went back to the dugout. Now uh, the two managers have talked about this, Kevin Cash, Charlie Montoyo, the Toronto manager, they both say this is water under the bridge. What was your take on it? Uh, I guess it's not surprising that something like this finally happened with those cards. I love Kiermaier's quote, which was, 
Oh, I didn't actually look at it, but I wasn't about to give it back either. You know, so yeah, you didn't look at it. Sure, Kevin. I I don't know if I buy that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Personally, how I don't. I've always wondered how much information can be on those cards, right? You got a lineup of nine guys. You can't have that detailed of a report, right? To fit everything onto a card. I guess it can be coded maybe in a certain way. Uh, I don't know. I think I just think it's a fun incident. I don't think it's going to suddenly turn into bad blood between the Rays and the Jays. I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, maybe there's a pitch sequencing thing that's on there or some kind of a signal thing. Well, you know what? You can just change those. And by the time we get to this time of the year, I think Kevin Kiermeyer and the rest of the Rays have a pretty good idea of how they're going to be pitched. <laughs> right. Yeah. Look, nobody knows their own weaknesses than the hitters themselves. So, yeah, you're right. The, you're, the likely scenario that's more the pitch sequencing when there's a runner on second base than a detailed how are we going to get Kevin Kiermeyer out? Yeah, I love when when I watch the Mets now, it's funny. It's it's clear that everyone's working off the same scouting report with Pete Alonso. Attack him with high fastballs. Right. And, yeah. And and Pete is certainly well aware of that by now. And the question is, will he chase or how effectively will those pitches be executed? Will they leave one in the strike zone? Uh again, I, I I'm with you. I, I really don't think this is a big deal. No, right. not I at all. I want to ask you yeah. about George Will. Uh, the interview we, we did with him on the podcast yesterday, which I, I had a blast with. And look, George Will is a you know longstanding baseball fan. Uh, he's written about the game for years. I loved his book, Men at Work, when that came out, I think, what, 1989, 1990. Uh, you would think of George Will as being a baseball traditionalist, which is why it was so much fun yesterday to basically hear him say in so many words, blow it up. And he's looking <laughs> for more action. He basically suggested, hey, you know what? Uh, if, if we can help the product by putting on defensive shifts or by a pitch clock or an electronic strike zone, let's get it done. He's open to anything, which was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. And I was talking about this with Brad Doolin or one of our writers the other day about what's going to happen if baseball expands the playoffs, because that seems inevitable. To me, that's going to diminish the regular season even more. And who knows what the impact of that is? Does that mean we talk about baseball even less than we do on a national scale from April through September? So I'm with you on pitch clock, maybe even the shift, you know, rules on relievers, all this kind of stuff. Um, And I think that's what George was saying yesterday. Other things we've got to be careful about because I don't want more teams in the playoffs. I know the Giants or the Dodgers, one of those teams are going to be in the wild card game with a hundred and something wins. And people are complaining about that. Well, too bad. Win the division. This is the way baseball set up. The regular season has to matter, but yes, we have to look at the big picture. The game has to speed up pitch clock to me is the most important thing that the sport can do. All right. You made me feel better about ignoring the Cardinals for a lot of weeks. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I have an invitation to go on St. Louis radio, which I'm going to uh, answer as soon as I'm back, uh, you know, finish up this podcast. And, and I'm, I think I'm going to mention that. And I, and I'm, I am, I'm going to say, Paul Goldschmidt, please stand up and say, no one believed in us. Cause he would, it'd be the first time anybody who said that was absolutely right. <laughs> Dave, right. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks Buster. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. So we talked about how Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. called reporters over yesterday to speak publicly about their dugout confrontation on Saturday. Here's the rest of what Manny and Fernando Tatis Jr. had to say. You know, we're here to take away the distractions from the team. We got bigger, bigger fish to fry. Um, We got bigger, bigger things to be worrying about right now than to be worrying about something that that's not a big deal. Um, You know, so, you know, we're going to go out there and play baseball. We got 14 more games, 13 more games left. And. You know, we got to try to win all of them to get to where we want to be. Can you put to rest what the relationship is between you guys? That's we're, I'm here. We're here to ask, ask questions. This is my little brother. You know, we're here to always be together, and we're always going to be together no matter what. We got a lot of years here, to, you know, moving forward. So, uh, you know, to be that's that's done and said. Um, you know, we, you know, he's he's got to go. We got to go as a team as well. So, um, you know, that's what we're going to try to reach here in the next 13 days. So it just happened. It's part of baseball. It's part of the game. It's part of this, the, what this game, you know, brings out, especially when good players trying to win and, you know, stuff and that's not going our way. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's glad we happened. I feel like that's bring us stronger. You know, when you go inside and you talk about it and you analyze it and, you know, you just come together. And I feel like the next talk is, is huge. It's huge for us. It's huge for the team. And, feel like we're in a really great spot. Baseball questions. What's next? We're done with that. We're done with answering any of that. We're not going to get. We're not gonna make a bigger story than what it is. We're here to worry about playing baseball, winning tonight. We got Gosman on the mound tonight, and it's a big game for us. We, you know, we got swept by, by, by St. Louis, and that left a fucking bad taste in our mouth. So we're here to win, beat Gosman tonight, win this series, and like I said, win the next 13 games that are, that are left, and that's all we're going to talk about. Is that what you need to do? 
Yeah, we need 13. to win. We need to win 13. If we want to get to where we want to be and we still got confidence in, in the group that, that, that's, that's out there every single day competing, you know, we got confidence in each other. So we just got to go out there and play baseball. What needs to change for you guys to win? Win baseball games. Play 27 outs. Play 27 outs. That's all that matters. We play 27 outs. We leave it all out there. Whatever happens, happens. If we lose, we lose. But we know that we left it all out there for 27 outs to win baseball games. We got to win baseball games, and that's all that matters. You know, we got we got Gosman on the mound tonight that we got to beat. We got a good pitcher, Cy Young contending pitcher, and we got to try to win that ball game tonight. What has been what has been lacking the last couple of weeks that you guys are in this position? Winning more ball games. Winning more ball games. So why specifically? Winning ball games. We lost. We lost baseball games. We got to win baseball games. We got to play better as a group. I'm I'm done. This is the last question right here. We're done. We're 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 trying to worry about baseball. You know, we got. We got way bigger things to be worrying about than, than something that's that you guys are making bigger than what it is. Obviously, unfortunate situation that people had to see it. Um, you know, but you know, we're just here to play baseball and win games and that's all we're gonna worry about because um, you know, this organization needs it. We believe in each other still. We still got thirteen games left. And whatever happens, happens, but we know that these next games we're gonna leave it all on the field. Jumping into the numbers. This is Himbo Knows on Baseball Tonight. And Himbo is Paul McKee. He's a researcher at ESPN. It was a hot show on the show, Get Up, and is also Mike Greenberg's wingman on his radio show. And I noticed last week, at the end of last week, after we had our segment, uh, Hembo, is that you constantly take shots at Greeny on air, and he doesn't even notice. Like, no. you're ripping him, and it's <laughs> like it just – he you say things to him that I, I would assume he'd be like, wait a second, what did you just say? And he just he just <laughs> flies past it. Yeah, Buster, it's almost as if like I'm a gnat in Greeny's ear. So like if I if there's a gnat in my ear, I'll just smack my face so many times that I give myself a concussion. Other people like Greeny are just unfazed by it. He'll just let the gnat burrow into his ear. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna keep hounding him until he finally acknowledges me. I'm like the like the little brother that's like the mistake, nine years younger. That's me on, on Greeny's radio show. But we're having some fun. <laughs> well, it's a fun <laughs> listen. Uh seriously, every day when I'm driving around. Uh, to hear you guys talking, uh, I, it's you know I want to see if you want to co-sign on this point. I think Conor mm. McGregor may have locked down Shohei Otani's MVP case yesterday, uh, throwing out <laughs> that first pitch at Wrigley Field, which I think he launched uh, to the south side of Chicago. What do you think of that? I think uh, the best way to determine how good an athlete you actually are is by seeing someone ha- um, do baseball stuff. Because baseball requires like the coordination, like the finely tuned uh, muscles and skills that no other sport requires. Like Conor McGregor would obviously kill me in an instant, but it doesn't surprise me at all that that's where his first pitch wound up. Like if, among all the people in the world, like, who's going to throw out a first pitch, right? Like, is there anyone more likely to choke the ball as hard as possible and throw the ball there than Conor McGregor? When you combine that with the fact that he was wearing like a skin tight suit, he wasn't really providing himself much of a chance to, to lay one there up nice and easy. I love Patrick Wisdom also, uh, like his reaction to the first pitch, like, whoa, it was dangerous, Buster. It was like a, it was a projectile that like just shot sideways. It's like if you, you're doing fireworks on July 4th, you and your buddies on the table and one of them just like shoots off to the side. That's what it looked like when Conor McGregor threw his first, first pitch, but it didn't surprise me. So around the trade deadline, I think, or maybe a week or two after the trade deadline, you basically said the Phillies are going to win the National League East. Uh, you've seen what's ha- you've seen what's happened there. The Phillies are still in it. They're three games behind the Atlanta Braves, but it's not looking so great. Are you on Bitter Boulevard over that? I'm turning on to Bitter Boulevard, and the reason for it is because the primary um, 
uh, criteria for me to choose the Phillies to do so, Buster, was they need to play average baseball. And if they can play average baseball against their schedule, they were going to make the playoffs. At least that was my thinking at the time. But they were shut out by the Orioles this week. They lost two or three in a series to the Marlins in the middle of the month. And they were swept in Arizona at the end of August. So, like, part of... Part of you know this whole stipulation for me, you have to beat the teams on your schedule that you're at least supposed to. So it's very difficult for me to stomach what's happened here because if the Phillies were sort of like you know living and dying every night and and at least taking care of business against those teams, I wouldn't be so upset. But this is really one of the more disappointing teams I've rooted for in my lifetime because it's been there right in front of them and they have no like there there's just no excuse whatsoever considering the how the Mets have fallen off all the injuries that the Braves have endured and the Phillies schedule being so easy if they wind up missing the playoffs buster this is there will be a reckoning in Philadelphia of some kind fans the fans there are on the edges of their seat yeah i did radio in San Diego uh with Darren Smith and he asked me if you know legitimately the Padres can cite um, injuries. And I said, no, you really can't. And the reason why is all you have to do is look at the Atlanta Braves, mm. right? The Atlanta Braves, it looked like they're going to win the national East. Nobody was beset by more, you know, teams like the, you know, like the Mets, the Padres. Yeah. They, they were hit with a lot of injuries. The Braves basically lost three of their four most important players for most of this season. Right. Yes. And, I, and once you start with that standard and the Braves found a way the postseason, there's, it's not an excuse, correct? Uh, correct. And I, I would argue that their front office did a better job than any other midseason uh, as we approached the trade deadline in, in acknowledging their position and saying, bleep it, we're going to go for it anyway. Because sometimes when you act with that kind of aggression, even reckless abandon in those cases, all you need is for a couple things to break your way. And in the case of the Braves, obviously the Mets tailed off. And the Phillies have been inconsistent, whereas the Braves recognize we already have a good nucleus here. If we can just sort of pad the roster a little bit, maybe it'll work out for us. And I think more teams should act that way. And the Braves are going to be rewarded for it in a big way. Two yes or no questions for you. Uh, A, Bryce Harper is now the clear MVP favorite. Yes? Yes. Okay. Regardless of whether or not the Phillies make the playoffs, unless he tanks the last week of the season, the answer is yes. And two, I do think as voters consider who the MVP is, it didn't help Fernando Tatis Jr. being confronted by Manny Machado down the stretch. Agree? Agree also. That was that that image of Machado yelling down Tatis is going to be on the front page of their yearbook, you know, hypothetically, if they went up missing the playoffs. I mean, that to me is that was the Padres season. Like sometimes a picture, a picture can, you know, tell you a thousand words. That to me was in a thousand word picture. That's the one that's going to live in infamy. Okay. Give me a team whose future you're not betting on. Buster, I am a good segue here. I'm not betting on the future of the San Diego Padres. And I will give you three reasons why. Number one, my buddy, um, Michael Giannetti over at Spotrack aggregated future payroll commitments for all 30 teams in baseball. I think you'll like this. The Padres have, $761 million on the books buster after this season. That's wow. about $170 million more than any other team in baseball. So improving that roster is going to get really tricky really fast. Number two, they really sacrificed long-term stability for short-term relief to win now. Entering this season, MLB.com, their pipeline ranked the Padres farm system number six. At this year's trade deadline or after this year's trade deadline, that ranking ballooned to 17th. I think their window is closer to shutting than it is to opening. 
And three, the division is an absolute leviathan. So the Dodgers are obviously a big blue machine, while the Giants are at least a year ahead of schedule. And that team, the Giants have only $78 million on the books after this season. So like you said so many times, given their extraordinary payroll flexibility, they can spend like drunken sailors this offseason if they so choose. Give me the context behind Salvador Perez's home run record. <laughs> I'm not merely impressed with the volume of homers that he's hit, Buster. I'm impressed with where he's hit them. He's already got five, excuse me, 25 this year at Kauffman Stadium, obviously an historically challenging park for power hitters. No player had previously hit more than 21 in the season there. I'm also impressed with when he has hit them. He has 24 homers this season that have tied the game or given his team the lead. That's five more than any player's total. And in, in fact, Perez has 81 RBI just on his home runs this season. 81. That's eight more than any player in baseball buster. And lastly, I'm impressed with just how long Johnny Bench's record had stood since 1970. But a fun fact is that the longest standing position home run of that kind actually belongs to Hack Wilson. Hack Wilson hit 56 home runs as a center fielder in 1930. King Griffey Jr. tied that mark twice, actually but he never exceeded it. And last one, add the weight of your expertise to why Shohei Otani should win the AL MVP unanimously. I have been flabbergasted by the number of credible people, people whose opinions I value, who have soured on Otani for American League MVP. He is the most deserving candidate by a long shot, but not because he is a novelty, not because he is unique, but because he has produced more value than any other player, you know, the most valuable player. So one of the favorite, there are many ways to measure this, obviously, but one of my favorite ways is by using the metric win probability added. WPA calculates not just how well you hit and how well you pitch, but also when you did it. It accounts for leverage. So when you did it matters. Using ESPN's calculations, Buster, Otani has produced about 6.9 WPA this season. That includes his, uh, his contribution, obviously, on both sides. That is 50% more than any player in baseball. By that measure, he has been about as valuable this season as Max Scherzer and Freddie Freeman combined. Just because the Blue Jays are coming on hot, and just because Vlad Guerrero Jr. might win the Triple Crown, and just because Otani is sort of limping to the finish, should not take away from the extraordinary five months that he has already had. This is the easiest one of any award that we have to uh, give out. Totally agree. All right, Hembo, mm-hmm. good to talk with you. Later, boys. Get out of here, Hembo. Right, Sick exactly of Hembo. Right. Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a Wednesday. First up, we have Chief Beef at Carl Havoc. Carl writes in Buster, who do you think has had the biggest impact on their team since the trade deadline? Hint, it's not someone who was acquired. Chief Beef follows up Taylor. The correct answer is Bobby Dalbach. Don't tell Buster until he gives me his opinion. Well, uh, is are you in line with Chief Beef here, Buster? Since the trade deadline? I don't know. I think Max Scherzer may have had an impact on his team. No, I'm not in line. Bobby Dahlbeck has been terrific, though. Uh, we've got the Red Sox and Yankees on Sunday Night Baseball and driving up to Boston on Friday. And I'm really curious to have a conversation with Bobby to ask him, you know, what was the difference uh, from early in the year to late? And what uh, how did the light switch turn on for him? Next up, Brian at Bry Baker 23. Brian writes in, hey, Buster, so if Shohei Otani hits 35 homers and wins 10 games every year for the next 10 years, are you saying he should be the MVP every year just because no one else is doing it? I think yes, probably. 
it does feel like everyone's trying to poke holes in the Teflon <laughs> of Otani's MVP case. First off, if we know <laughs> based on baseball history, Otani's not going to do that, right? right. Otani's not going to do that. This It's a special year that he's having. He's not going to do it for the next 10 years, okay? But for this year, he's doing it. He's doing something we've never seen before. He's putting up value on both sides. I'll say it again, the comparison. It's like he's a top 10 quarterback and he's an all-pro middle linebacker. If that player exists in the NFL, he would be the league MVP. And Shohei Otani is the American League MVP this year. Boom. Done. Andrew DeSalvo at DeSalvotion writes in, if the Rays do follow George Will's wish and buy out their contract with St. Pete and the Trop, are they more likely to relocate to Tampa proper or move away? Orlando fans like me would would go to way more games if they were actually in Tampa. Yeah, and, and look, they, they've kicked around plans with the city of Tampa about possibly moving there. I would say this after hearing George yesterday, and I agree with him, by the way, like, Given all the value and money that's accessible to Major League Baseball, the idea that it's sort of a nickel and dime situation and they're haggling over this, you would love George at like a dinner table when the check comes, right? Because you know he's going to be like, no, we're not breaking this down eight ways. Hand me the bill. (laughs) A lot of fun with George yesterday. Let's see. He was great. Yeah, he was awesome. Last one for today Eric Bobby at Bet the Family Farm. Sal Perez has. 19 2019 off and Buster Posey had 2020 off. Both are having all-star seasons in their first full season back. Could this become a strategy for veteran catchers to reset their bodies and prolong their careers? And I should note at bet the family farm, another bleacher tweets burner account. Uh, I think we've seen two of those this season. So love that. (laughs) Well, and the catcher you think of with that strategy would be JT, uh, you know, moving forward at the Phillies in the the midst of this long-term deal, let's say he had a bad year and he was kind of banged up. I don't know if it would become like a, a model for the way teams would handle, handle aging catchers, but you know that if like JT had hip surgery, for example, they could cite those precedents as, hey, you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world for an aging catcher to have a year off because there's no doubt. I mean, Salvi and and Buster have had huge years. All righty. That does it for Bleacher Tweets. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. And please follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's it for today. My thanks to Dave, to Hembo, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something that we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provides one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.